Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Eagle Eye Podcast. It is episode 80, and boy, do we have plenty and plenty to talk about tonight. We have a jam-packed episode in which we're going to be covering all things Las Aguilas de la America. We're going to be discussing that uh, that win over Tigres in the Campeón de Campeones match that just happened this Sunday. We're going to look ahead into the Apertura 2019, and we're going to talk about expectations and where we need to see this team at at the end of the season and then of course we're going to be talking about the ladies and their upcoming season as well as we have plenty and plenty to talk about and then we'll wrap up the show with of course the Monterrey game and and all that stuff and all that good stuff so it's uh it's gonna be a jam-packed episode so hopefully you guys are ready and uh as always let me introduce my co-host Mr. Dylan Jimenez aka Cowboy Dan how are we, Dylan? What's up, Queens? We're doing good. You know, I like how this is the 80th episode. Dylan? And, you know, it just... Oh, boy. It... Hello? Oh, oh, we can hear you now. We can hear you now. Oh, okay, okay. Um, you know, everything's Dylan? good. Hello? Yes, everything's good? Yeah, everything's good. Alrighty, well, it looks like we're having a bit of technical issues here at the Eagle Eye Podcast. But as we've always said it here before, it, it ain't a show unless there's something difficult going on. So uh, definitely, definitely we're back to our old ways here. So uh, unfortunately, Christian could not join us today as he uh, is, is experiencing a blackout in his uh, in his state of New York over there in, um, uh, where, where's he at? Uh, Long Island. Stan Island, there you go, Stan Island. <laughs> uh, I said Long Island. I'm so sorry, Christian, if if you're hearing this, but um, yeah. Uh, welcome to everyone who's in the chat. Welcome to everyone who's listening to this either via SoundCloud, iTunes, or Spotify. Plenty and plenty to talk about. Dylan, are we ready to jump into the season of Las Aguilas de la América? Yes, let's do this. Can you hear me fine now? I can hear you perfectly fine now. Okay, cool. Awesome, awesome. So. Let's jump straight into it. America faced off against Tigres to kickstart their 2019-2020 season for what should be a long journey up the road. But America started off on the right foot against uh, you know, Tigres in the Campeón de Campeones matchup that saw Las Aguilas de la America win in a nerve-wracking penalty shootout in which uh, we kind of predicted here on the podcast last week, if you guys do remember all of that. And um, yeah. Plenty and plenty of things to talk about that game. Uh, what what was your takeaway, Dylan? After the after the penalties, after everything, America crowns themselves champions against Tigres. What, what's just your take on it after all all of that? Oh, well, my take on it is, uh, you know, we're starting off the season each season good. You know, we won silverware. Um, the team obviously too looking looking better, looking good. Um, something that we kind of, criti- I guess, in a sense, criticized them, even though we felt like we were looking to it a lot because it was just friendlies. It wasn't necessarily a full squad. But, you know, other than the fact, you know, I think the team came down. We we got an idea of their identity of what they're going to be playing with this uh, this coming up season. So that's something that was exciting. Definitely, definitely. And um, it, it was nice to see the team kind of finally have a bit of composure, a bit of rhythm, a bit of an identity when playing. I think that was one of the most important things that we kind of criticized in this preseason was that 
this team just did not look like it had anything going for them. Uh, some of these players just lacked a bit of, um, I, I guess the correct word would be intensity when playing these type of games. Uh, they were a bit slackish, and, and it was nice to see the starters finally come in and showcase what this team is made out of. And we know this isn't a finished product by no means necessary, and there might be additions to the squad. There might be some departs, uh, but... Overall, I think this is a game in which you can take away plenty of positives uh, because there was a lot of things to be look, looking at in, in regards to this game as good things. It's just the the only thing that, you know, that I guess we can criticize in this, the same thing we've been criticizing them for, for what, two years now almost, is um, is the fact that we cannot finish and take our chances. Yeah, th- I, this, I think to me it's um, it's still one of the, big uh, takeaway like you were mentioning too another broken record what seems to start off the season for for uh, our our Aguilas you know another broken record and we're just gonna have to roll with it until um, something else happens but you know just uh, it's just something that have to, they have to constantly like we always say fix and get going in the, in the training ground but then again you know we say then nothing still really comes about it yeah, <laughs> they really didn't. Nothing's actually ever came up off of bar. No, it's no, like, go ahead. It's like it's like Yoho listens to us and like, all right, we're gonna do the opposite of finishing drills today. We're gonna not finish. So, and he like put he just like puts the targets like on the outside of the goal instead. <laughs> He's like, make sure you aim outside of the goal. Yeah, exactly. So that's the frustrating part. <laughs> <laughs> uh no, it it was frustrating to see this game um throughout, you know, because I felt we were the more dominant team going forward. Um granted Tigres may have had a little bit more ball possession throughout the whole a lot game, more but I ball think possession. I wouldn't say a lot more. Uh, according to the stats, it was a lot more. But I mean you're looking at the momentum bar and yeah, I mean, I guess some of it shit does shift Tigres way a little bit more, but I don't know. I, I felt that I was looking at this game and, and I saw a much composed and better America than I did a Tigre side. Well, I mean, if you want to if you want to look at this from a statistical standpoint, we're just since we're uh, obviously, you know, the way we usually do it, we talk about what we take away from the whole game after 90 minutes or whenever the game ends. And then we usually go in the first half For the first half. Tigre just had 69 percent of. 69% of the possession while we had 31. And, um, but you know, the good, the one thing, you know, that I take away is we, we were pretty good with our accurate passes at having 81%. Yeah. There was definitely something to take away from, in, from, from that aspect as well. And I, I think not only, I, I feel like our passing still needs to improve by a lot more, but again, it, this, is, this is kind of still a preseason game in at the end of the day. But I think that when you look at what America was able to do, not only in the first half, but in the second, I think they were consistent that when we had the ball, when we were going forward, we looked like something was going to happen. We looked dangerous at points of the game, in which Tigres maybe lacked a little bit more of that. Yeah, you know, I, I think, too, in the beginning, you know, I think both the teams had, I guess, to the extent of some fair share of chances. But obviously us, you know, in the first half, you know, we had a lot of shots that were just, like, not even close to being on target sometimes. Um, you know, I, I, from correct me if I'm wrong, but we had, like, two shots on target maybe in that first half. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, and so and so that that's that's one of those things too that we that I know we'll talk about too is just that that finishing just isn't there. And um, you know, I, I know at the end of the day too, you know, not every chance you take is going to also necessarily fight in the back of the net. But I mean, you should be challenging the keeper almost every time, you know. Yeah, yeah, and and granted, we did. I I think Noel Guzman had uh, 
uh, a great game. And if yeah. it wasn't for him, I think this game could have easily been 3-4-0 for America. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, that's true too. And I, I think you, uh, this team, you know, just like you said, you know, this team looked composed. This team looked like it was really ready to go out there and, and show what they could do. Um, granted, still, you know, some of, I guess, key starters went in the lineup too. And um, I think once we get more into this too, we'll pick out some players that really didn't stand out to us. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And 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 now that we're talking about players in, in general, let's let's give the people a rundown of what this lineup looked like. Um it, it was a lot of the, the 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 people that were out on vacation coming back in and just being thrown into the starting eleven right away. I think uh you, you look at in goal right away, Agustin Marchesin, then you had your back four of Paul Aguilar, Bruno Valdez, Manuel Aguilera, and Georgie Sanchez in the midfield. You it was composed of Mateo Suribe and uh Fernando Gonzalez, and then you had your your three, your two wingers, Renato Ibarra, Ibarwen, and then of course Sebastian Cordova playing kind of as that cam, uh, that cam position, and then you had Henry Martin up top. Now shout out, shout out to our to our uh, <laughs> to our co-host Christian, who actually nailed this almost a hundred percent, and uh, I, I owe him an apology because I told him I I didn't really see it. It was a far stretch. And and I wouldn't have banked on Piojo rolling out all these starters right away, but you know what? He did. Credit to him, uh, and credit to Christian for having faith in in Piojo. I guess. Yeah, uh, I can't remember who he. Who do you say who had starting over Cordova? Was it Castillo? Uh, I yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. And I said I'll, I'll take that lineup, but I put Cordova instead. So, I guess you could say in a sense I got it right. Yeah, definitely. So. I th- yeah. You got it right, so Christian got it wrong, and you got it right. Is that what you're trying to say? That's what I'm trying to say. Well, I mean, you still, you still, <laughs> owe, you still owe both of us lunch money, so. Oh well, the, apparently, apparently, I do now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, uh, you know, credit to Christian; he got his spot on right there, and I think he's our lineup guru, to be honest. I really think so too. And so we'll have to. Unfortunately, you know what, Christian? If 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 you're listening to this right now live, text me what the lineup is going to be against Monterrey. Because at this point, you know we might as well just bank all our money on you right now. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree. All righty. So that was the lineup, and uh, I think once I think everyone was happy, content that they they were going to be putting on at least the best players that we had to our disposal. Right? Maybe there was a bit of question as to whether or not Henry should be starting this game. But I think overall it looked like a very good team, and I was I was happy because it, we were gonna finally go out there and showcase something. Yeah, I don't know no, what was your no. take on on the lineup. Yeah, well, no, no, no. I, I saw the lineup, and actually, my obviously I, we kind of already talked about it. In my first, I was like, wow, Christian was almost spot on. And so, um, you know, I, I came out and said, okay, I think we're gonna see something from this team now. I, and I was thinking, you know, we'll see an identity this team's going to come out and play with this season. And um, obviously, like we say, this team pretty much did. Yeah, they pretty much did. And they, they got it on and they got it going. And and I think you saw it right away in the first half. There was uh, there was good movement. There, there, there was good energy from the team. We won't say it was a perfect start by any means necessary. I think, you know, we were a bit standoffish at some points of the match, hence why Tigres had most of the ball. But I, I think Piojo planted this game kind of well in regards. He knew he knew that Tuca's side was going to want to have the ball. He was inviting them to actually have it for periods of the match. And he knew that we were going to be explosive and that you, you had players that maybe weren't 100% ready to take the speed and the dribbling tactics of Renati Barra and Ibarwen. Uh, in regards to Chaka and Torres Nilo. 
And it worked out for points in the match. I, I think you saw when we were trying to take off and counterattacks, you saw Ibarwen make some great runs down the wing. And then only because of, you know, poor balls over the top, he didn't really find them as much. But um, I, I really did enjoy watching this game and how well this team played knowing and taking into consideration everything we've seen in the previous games and knowing that these players had not had that much time to get ready and get back into the swing of things. I think it was definitely, um, it, it was definitely a joy to watch this team come back and play the way that we know they can play. Um, and overall, I think for the first half, you were content. You knew that maybe there was one or two chances that you could have done much better about. I think there was a point in where Paul Aguilar had a chance to just square it to Henry Martin and it would have been a tap in but for some reason he wants to try it with his left foot because he thought he had Messi's left fo left foot at that point but um you know I I was content with the first half I don't know about you Dylan yeah going back to a chance too that I remember you know I uh, I think it was a, a pass from Aguilar to Ibarguen on the left hand side, Ibarguen had to had to get a pass to a couple defenders and he did he did a good job and he had some space to shoot well, I just, I just don't know why he didn't have his finger on the trigger or nothing, and he just didn't let it rip. He just instead just decided to keep on going with it. And I think he tried to – I think he passed it off, I think, to somebody, but it, it ended up getting intercepted, and it went started going the other way. And I was like, why didn't you shoot? And um, to me, just uh, that, that, was, that was one of those frustrating parts. And like I said, like it's, it's either we, we think too much in the final third or we just, we just don't think enough in the final third. There's no in-between, really. Yeah, there's there's no really two ways about it, and and I think that's the one thing that we need to be real keen about this season is taking those opportunities and taking those chances because time and time again we've seen them come back to haunt us. And granted, this game we almost did, but uh, I just want to see a more refined America up front, and I, I know that's something we've been claiming to and, and clinging to for the past two seasons, but we really, really need to see that side of America now. Yeah, well, we definitely do too. But you know, I I think too, like you said it when you go back, like you know, even though there's silver on the line, you know, I, I, this team wasn't going to be close to being perfect to where it can be. And you know, I, I think we've been saying that for a while too. Again, it sounds like a broken record. If you go back and listen to other podcasts too, we know we know what this potential of this team can be. It's just you know, finally untapping it and getting in there and knowing what this team can do. Definitely, definitely. So let's move on into the second half. Tigres comes out much better. Tigres knew that they were kind of on the backseat in that first half. Even though they had most of the ball, America had the better opportunity. America had the better chances. And to be honest, America had, you know, more of a, more of a better start. And, and I think Tigres felt that, saw that, and they came out and, and, and they tried doing things much more better. And Look, they almost scored right away, um, yeah. you know, off a corner kick. Bruno Valdez, luckily, I don't know how he attacked that ball so awkwardly. And at the same time, awkwardly enough to hit the post. It, it, it was just a, a stroke of miracles inside that 18-yard box. And uh, actually, America could have gone and, and scored right off, off the bat, off that uh off that uh, counterattack from that corner kick, but unfortunately, it, again, our uh, our imprecise final third passing it comes back to haunt us, and and nothing comes off of it. But I, I think you see an a Tigres that comes out and starts dominating a game much better in the second half, and that's when you start to worry as to okay, can America turn it on just the same way that Tigres has? 
And I think you saw that America finally realized that Tigres was being more aggressive. And so they sat back and they planted themselves well to not only receive the pressure, but to try to relieve it as well. Yeah, and and you you say that too. You know, you see America sitting back, and like you said, they did a good job with it too. Um, only allowing Tigres to take off five shots, but none of those were on target. Um, I think uh, it's going to be really good. To, uh, it's really good now, especially going in going into after ninety minutes. You know, this team getting a clean sheet, and I know a lot of times we've always praised that this that this back line needs a clean sheet, you know, to get some confidence and everything too. And I think this was a great way to start it off too, was just getting that clean sheet against this Tigres side, especially with the names up top that they have. Um, so good for them. You know, they did good, you know, and depending on what happens with Guido, which is a whole down to the topic, you know, just adding Guido to this lineup and potentially Edson to make things even better. Mm. Well, I think we can scratch Edson off, and we'll talk about that a little bit right now once we get into the rest of the podcast. But you're right. It would be interesting to see if how a Guido plugs into that. Um, you're right. The back line looked solid to some extent. Um, yeah, obviously. to some extent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, sometimes sometimes we were our own worst nightmare in these situations, right? Because yeah. uh, it, it, it wasn't Tigres that made you look, let, made it look like they were going to score. It, it looked like just America was going to trip on, on, uh, on their own shoelaces, and that was what's going to make Tigres score. But it was, it was good to see a, a pretty solid defense in a game, like you said, Silver War on the line uh, with so much writing. Uh, it was good to see that this team had some composure in the back, and and some good uh, some good playing style. I think we we played out the back a lot sometimes when our center backs had the ball, and it looked, and it looked well. I, I really enjoyed some of the movements that they were doing. I will say this though, and and maybe you agree with me, maybe you don't. I don't know. We'll we'll have to wait and see right now after I say this. But I felt that our biggest weakest link in defense was George Sanchez. Mm. Now, I will say he had a very good game. He had a very good game, but I felt that he was the weakest link when defending. And let me explain to you as to why, because maybe people are going to start thinking, what, Ivan, that's a hot take. You're crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. But hear me out. Go back. Watch the game. I think he gets caught flat-footed sometimes. I think Quinones realizes that he's not pivoting at right moments when he's planting himself. So he uses that speed that he has and he turns him sometimes a bit too easily, which is granted something that George has been working on and consistently still needs to work on. But, you know, there was points in time where I felt that he got caught and, and, and Quinones tried using and abusing his speed. Gratefully, uh, George Sanchez is, 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 is really fast as well. I'm not going to say he's as fast as Quinones, but he was fast enough to keep him, uh, to, to keep track of him. So for me, at least I felt that George had a bit, uh, a bit more to work to do than maybe Paolo Aguilar did with Enaquino or, or the center backs did with, with Chignac, you know? I, I feel like, I feel like the weakest thing was Aguilar maybe. Really? I, I felt that, well, the thing is, because you have to remember, these two fullbacks like to get up a lot. And that's kind of their their downfall, in a sense, because granted, both players can do great going forward. It's just when they track back and when they don't track back, that's the real issue. But ultimately, I, you know what? I'm, I'm not I'm, I know I'm trying to I'm being really nitpicky here, but no, your, your vendetta is coming out again, dude. 
Well, you know what? My vendetta shifted over to Cordova at this point. Well, I mean, that's I mean, you have two. There's nothing wrong with having two. Well, we'll we'll see. We'll see if I continue <laughs> with the George uh, vendetta. Because I mean, like, because like, like I I guess in I guess to an extent, like I see where you're coming from. You know, it's it's I just see it more as as like a technique issue than anything. Yeah, but, no, and uh, I'm not no, saying no, that I, he. No, yeah, and no, I understand, but I just I just didn't really see him as a weak link, as really. This is just me being nitpicky about each player in each position. I, I could go back and tell you everyone had a mistake because everyone had a mistake, right? Yeah. Except Machisini because I don't think he, he even had to do anything <laughs> in regards to shots sometimes. But um, but look, you know, it's just me being a little bit nitpicky about George because I can see that I can see that working really bad against him and really bad against us in the regular season against maybe a Tigres who's a much better at that point, you know, at that stage of the season. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't know. I I just don't really agree with you, if I'm gonna be honest. But that's fine. But but like I I understand too be about being nitpicking anything. But I I just don't feel like it was Sanchez. No, I, I, by I just think he was the weakest link, and that's it. But that's my take on it. You guys can have your own opinions. You guys probably already do, and that's fine. But that was just me kind of pointing something out. And maybe some people agree, some people won't. But that's fine. That's okay. That's understandable. That's what we're here for. These discussions are here for these situations. Um, but uh, ultimately, I think, uh, like you said, good from the defense. It was good ball play ball play until we got to that final third. I think that final decision-making still haunts us to this day, and we still need to refine it. Um, but ultimately, America looked well in the second half, just as well as it did in the first half, and even more so because we had chance after chance after chance and again, not to sound like a broken record, but we couldn't take those chances. You know, hats off. You, you got to give a round of applause to Nawal Guzman, who had a, a very good game. I think that Henry save was phenomenal. And yeah, he, had, he had six saves. Look, this, it, I'm going to come out and I'm going to say I'm. he's not my favorite goalkeeper in the world at all. I, I think I, – I look, he's not my cup of tea. I'll put it that much. But I will give credit where credit is due, and that man had a great game and a phenomenal save against Henry. And, you know, he was the reason why they went all the way to penalties. Yeah, but I just, I just know the Nelly Guzman uh, stand fans would be out. Like, that's why he deser- deserved uh, best goalkeeper over Machacin, But Really? Because Machacin showcased I, why he was the best goalkeeper that night, too. Yeah, I know, I know. But I just, I just feel like people might say that. I don't know. No, yeah. There's two sides to every coin. Yeah, especially, like, Thetis fans, too. But, you know, that that's a different story. That's two sided. It's a two sided coin. This this yeah. whole discussion, this whole topic, you know, it's it's, it's never going to be enough for 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 just one conversation to call it in. But um, you know, Noel yeah. Guzman did what he had to do in that game. He kept them alive, and because of that, uh, America just could not finish, could not take their chances. And the substitutions that may were made, I think, were were interesting to say yeah. the least. Yeah. Um. This is usually your kind of avenue. What did you? What, what was your take on this? Um. Well, the first one that was made was that Nico came in for Henry, and then uh, the next one was Roger came in for um Ibarigüen, and then Jeremy came in for Renato, and I, I feel like Renato should have been the first one off. If I'm gonna be honest, I I didn't think Renato was really having himself a good game. Uh, that that much. Uh, I don't know. It's just I wasn't feeling it. From from Renato, yeah, you know what? 
I was going to talk about best and worst players after the game, after we talked about the full game. But I guess we can, we can go and jump into that right now because I guess it falls perfectly into what you're saying because I, I think we can all agree Renato did not have his best game. And look, I've been one to stand up for him, but there was no way to, to defend him in this game at all whatsoever. Um, but I will say credit to him for continuously trying to look for the ball, trying to continuously try to play his game. Even though nothing was working for him, he at least had the – the the courage to go and keep trying and trying and even though it wasn't working i will give him credit for that but at one point you have to be the coach and say look it's not working for him it's a bad night we gotta take him off you know yeah uh, i don't know it's just, it's just uh that's what it was. I, I feel like the the henry sub was pretty good um to me and you know me always defending henry i just i just didn't feel it from him either um as much i mean I don't know. I just don't really. I just don't really have anything to say about Henry right now. I'm upset. Well, look. I think Henry had a decent game for what he was, you know, uh, tasked with doing. You know, and uh, Nico Ganastillo comes in. I think Nico doesn't have enough time to impact this game in the way we would have wanted him to. And um, you know, I can't really say much after that. And Menes, you, you you can't say anything about him because he doesn't even get enough playing time. Yeah, mm-hmm. you you can't because I think he comes on like with like three minutes before the ninetieth minute. So, so yeah, not much, not much we can go oh, and analyze. Oh, oh yeah, that, yeah, the, yeah, that's true. Yeah, he came in in the eighty seventh minute for Renato. Mm-hmm. But, but ultimately, that means the players then play a full ninety minutes. Whistle goes. We're going to penalties. It's Same fun. thing that we said on the podcast. Well, I had it at one one. It was zero zero. I had it at. I have no idea what I had it. I just knew it was going to penalties. I think I had it at one one. Would have to go back and check. But penalties, nonetheless. How are you feeling going into this? Because you know, you know how America <laughs> is with yeah, penalties. Exactly. I'm just like, well, I said we're either gonna look like fools or we're gonna actually have a a good outing with these penalties and. Do you know the rest? <laughs> well, you know how that that story finished. But, like, look, I was so worried. I was so worried because America are terrible at penalties. And um, granted, they turned it on and we finally scored them. And uh, we looked good. We looked good. Uh, it was unfortunate that, you know, Bruno Valdez missed. Um, then again, I don't know how well of a penalty kick taker he is. Um, I was telling you guys that I was a bit worried that I didn't really see much to see as a good shot stopper when it came to penalties. Uh, but he proved me wrong too. So I, I was like, very I, happy. I, I'd like to point out every time that I tweeted March is seen, I'm begging you to save a penalty. He always saved it. So I feel like I'm the key to this. Okay. So we will, uh, we'll keep that in mind for <laughs> when the season starts and, uh, have you tweet that out. So, so we know that works. Um, and you guys want to know something funny for those of you guys uh, listening and tuning in right now. So uh, we were talking uh, right before the penalty started, and Dylan messaged us saying, please, oh, please, let Marchesin take a penalty. And Cowboy Dan <laughs> got his wish. Cowboy Dude. Dan got his wish. I think Marchesin was fed up with all this. He's like, look, we need to score. I did my work. I'm just going to end this. And after what? I think a good eight penalties were taken at that point. 
Um, I believe so. It's either seven or eight penalties. Uh, yeah, Marquezine steps up and says, you know what? I'm taking this. Slots at home. Nicely done, by the way. I, I That's composure, if I've ever seen anything. Yes. That is composure. Oh, my gosh. I was like, look at this man. Like Look, this. as a goalkeeper, I have taken a penalty before, right? During a game, we're winning like 4-0, and I'll go take the penalty. You still you still have nerves, right? So can you imagine <laughs> in front of thousands of people knowing that you're going to win a trophy if you score this, to be so composed in front of goal? That, that and, right there. And, 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 and against, and against the, the person people compare you to, if you think yes, about Yes, against that your too. bitter rival in the league. Yeah, that that you got to say it. It's it's cojones. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> it re- no, no. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I know, I'm trying to keep it, it as PG as I, I can. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> it uh, it it demonstrates he's got a. Uh, he really he really grabbed the bull by the horn there, didn't he, Dylan? Yeah, he, he really did. He just just grabbed the bull and just like took that bull down and tied it up and like. 10 seconds. <laughs> so, Marchesin, congratulations on winning the Ballon de Oro and then crowning yourself uh, Campeón de Campeones. And really, uh, an emotional game penalty-wise. It was it was overall a good performance from this team. And I think, ultimately, this victory maybe does more than what we think it can do for this team, not only in regards to silverware, because who doesn't love a, a nice trophy in the in the trophy cabinet? But what this team, what this game does in regards to morale for for America in regards to the upcoming season? That, that it really it really does do a lot of good things too to this team. I think um, obviously rumors circulating around about some players, but I think the, these players are tuning it out. I think I think they I think they showed that they really are, and just to come out and be able to play. With some, with uh, that in they did. I re- I really liked uh, Uribe a little bit too. Got getting to see him push up a little bit. Um, don't really feel like he's 100% back yet. Obviously, come back from vacation, so obviously he's not 100%. But I I think I think he can finally turn it around and get things going like we like he has before. And I know a lot of people have been asking for that. I know a lot of people want to see that. And so uh, I'm hoping he can be able to do that. Yeah, I think that's something that we're definitely hoping that, you know, he can turn around and, and, and really showcase that he has the talent that we've always said he had, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Definitely, um, definitely. Now that we're coming to the end of this, um, what's your what's your final kind of take on, on, on this Campion the Campion's match? Final take, um, I think I think morale is high with this team. I feel like this team's pretty high right now. I wouldn't say cloud nine, but this seems pretty high knowing that uh even though it's it's I wouldn't say necessarily a preseason match, but like it's it's still really before the season. So I, I guess in a sense you would call it a preseason match. I don't know. I, I find that kind of contradicting. But anyways that's the point. Um this team came out and showed that what they can do and I think it pretty much was a short amount of time uh whenever they got to train together and got to play um to they they know the system too already they know the tactics and everything uh, I think this team is filled with some confidence going in against Monterrey this coming Saturday which we'll talk about later and um, I think this team is just ready for the season to start yeah definitely definitely so it's uh 
looking good for America. Hopefully, continues to look good. Obviously, plenty and plenty of work still to be made, but you know, step in the right direction after this win against Tigres in the Campeon de Campeones match, which does mean that once America, uh, now this means that America actually gets to go up against Atlanta United in the, what is it? The Campeones Cup. Campeones Cup. You know what? They all have weird names. Um, But this whole Campeones Cup, the League Cup, and all these other things that end with Cup. Um, How are we feeling about that, Dylan? Um, I I'd really want to hear Christian's take. <laughs> yeah, Christian <laughs> feels about that, but I think I think Christian would obviously be on America's side at this point. But um, I think I think it's going to be a, a good test. Uh, well, I wouldn't say test, but you know, I, I think this I think this team can come out and showcase um why 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 they're champions of uh, Mexican soccer, and you know, I think it'd be a fun match. Definitely, definitely. So we'll have you guys up to date with all that information when it does happen. Do we know when it's going to be played? Yeah, there is. Yeah, there's a time already, but I forgot what the time was in the day, too. Sometime in August, I want to say, to be honest. There you go. August 14th, 5 p.m. Pacific time, 7 Central, 8 Eastern. Interesting. I know, well, I know we have a date. Save the date. Are you are you flying out to Atlanta, Dylan? Um, no, I gotta get ready for school. But that no, oh, I thought you were gonna say you were gonna take a you're gonna ride your, your your horse over there. Huh? I thought, I thought you were gonna ride a horse over there. No, dude, I don't got the horses in the back. <laughs> Alrighty, well, that does mean America will be playing Atlanta United in August, and hopefully we'll get to see a good and fun game in regards to that aspect. And, uh, well, before we finish off this Campeon the Campeones preview, uh, review, excuse me, uh, we do want to say hats off to L.A., to Carson, for an amazing atmosphere. Um, tremendous, tremendous uh, support for Las Aguilas del America here in California, especially out in L.A. Some people will argue Carson's not really L.A., which it's very understandable, but nevertheless, whenever America does end up going down there, it is a phenomenal atmosphere. Um, you know, La Monumental was there, and, you know, they had everything going off, and, you know, America was the home team by far in this game. Uh, it was great. It was a great atmosphere to see through the TV. I could only imagine the atmosphere was just that amazing in uh, in real life and in person. It, it did pay me that we weren't, uh, we weren't there to cover the game, but... Uh, we know that you know there will be more opportunities along the way with all of you guys alongside us. So uh, congratulations to those of you guys who went to the game. Congratulations to those who made the atmosphere. And our hats are, go off to you guys for a phenomenal, phenomenal atmosphere. And uh, saw some of the pictures you guys took and videos. Phenomenal, great, amazing. And uh, really, really made it feel like it was a home game for America. So Congratulations to the to the fan base and and to all the supporters out there because they really really made this game just that much more epic. And uh, yeah, Dylan, ready to jump on into the next uh, segment? Let's do it. Alrighty. Well, with the campeón the campeón is out the way. America will begin their Apertura season against Monterrey. We'll be previewing that game a little bit later, but we're gonna go a little bit deep into what this Apertura 
is going to be for America, what it means to be for America, what the objectives are, and ultimately, what does America and Piojo's team need to do in order to call this a success? And let's face it, there's only one thing that's going to make that possible, and that's a trophy. Isn't that right, Dylan? That is correct, a trophy. A trophy. But before we get into the season objectives and, and what this team needs to do in order to get to said objective, uh, let's talk about the squad. Uh, let's talk about what America has in regards to the start of the season, what they don't, what they need, and where would you like to start off, Dylan? I think we just start from from uh, the top down. I think we start with the goalkeepers, really, unless you want to just start with the defenders. No, uh, well, I mean, the goalkeepers, you, you know who they are. It's going to be Agustin Marchesin, Oscar Jimenez, and they've uh, they've given Luis uh, Samudio, not mm-hmm. that Samudio, the uh, this youngster Samudio, <laughs> a uh, an opportunity to be the third string goalkeeper. Uh, nothing big from there. We already know what what to expect from from our goalkeepers, especially from Marchesin. Uh, unfortunately, Navarrete did not want to come back for the season. Uh, then we have center backs. Carlos Vargas, uh, Edson Alvarez is registered as a defender, Bruno Valdez, uh, Oscar Ortega, Osvaldo Leon, uh, Emmanuel Aguilera, and then you had your fullbacks, Paul Aguilar, George Sanchez, Luis Reyes. So in defense, I think I think we're pretty good, right? Uh, in for right now, I think we're pretty good, right? Yeah, for for now, like in, since we're, since we got to think about like right now instead of like foreseeing the future. I think that's that's gonna be a pretty good. Um, I think I think too. I'm, I'm pretty. I'm, I think we all are. I'm pretty excited for Ortega. Yeah, yeah. Ortega is someone that we're definitely hoping can get some minutes. Um, not only in the league, but in the upcoming leagues cup, um, in the upcoming you know Coca Champions games that we're gonna be having. Uh, yeah. He's definitely an important player that I think can blossom into something great. You know, At the in the in the times too that he came on. Uh, as a sub in the preseason games too, he he looked he looked really good too. I think yeah, it's just, looked, it, it, it was unfortunate that Puma's game that they gave a penalty when it was it was a clean tackle. Welcome to Liga Mekis, right? Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> not wrong there. So here is the uh, midfielders that are registered for America. It is Guido Rodriguez, Jeremy Menes, Andres Uribe, uh, Andres Imbaruen. Nicolas Benedetti, Córdoba, Tony López, Fernando González, uh, Renato Ibarra, Isaac Aguilar, and funny enough, Ivan Moreno is registered on here for this upcoming season. That's weird. He went on loan. They did something wrong. <laughs> did they call him back? I haven't seen nothing about calling him back. Neither have I. So why is Ivan registered on here? That's interesting. We're going to have to do some digging. We're going to have to do some digging, and we have to figure it out. But those are your midfielders. Um, I think we're we're, we're, we're good. I, I think I mentioned this on the last podcast. The addition of Fernando Gonzalez into this squad gives America just that much more depth. Yeah, you gave him that Joe Corona escape. Yes, which I think is, yeah. it's, it's, it's perfect. I think it's pivotal for America to have picked him up, and very well done by our, our – our, uh, our staff to be able to pull that off. And then, of course, your uh, strikers are Roger Martinez, Giovanni Dos Santos, Nicolas Castillo, Henry Martin, and, of course, Alejandro El Güero Diaz, which, by the way, <laughs> Piojo has said that he does not fall into his plans. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> I don't know what's <laughs> going to happen to him now. 
<laughs> Play with the U20s? Probably. Alongside <laughs> oh, yeah. with uh, Oscar Jimenez in goal. Um, yeah. Well, that is your squad as of right now before the uh, the season kicks off. Those are your registered players. Dylan, how are we feeling about this? Um, feels feels pretty good. Um, I think I think it's still a solid squad. I, I think we could pick up where we left off, especially against that uh against the, against Leon and the Ligia too. Um, I think from that from right there, I think Bjorn needs to implement that. You know, hey, look where we got from the beginning of the Glasuda to the end. You know, we need to, we need to pick up from right there and, and go up. Um, just obviously, you know, too, it's beginning of the season. It's not going to be perfect. Um, it's going to be a, a, possibly a few steps back, but there's no doubt. And we say this time and time again that this team has a lot of potential. It's just, you know, at times, you know, this just seems like it, it's never tapped into and we know we can get more from this team. Yeah, yeah. And, and hopefully they can deliver on, on that more potential promise that they, you know, we continuously keep saying and keep talking about. But um, – now that we're talking about the squad, let's talk about the transfers that America made because we we talked about it a little bit in the last episode, but it it, it needs to be discussed about again in this one. The addition of Fernando Gonzalez, we said, was good. I think you liked it, Christian liked it, I liked it as well. And to be honest, he's looking pretty decent. You know, he looks like someone who can come in off the bench, hold the midfield down, and looks like someone that could start on potential games against maybe not the most toughest oppositions and can still get the best out of America's midfielder. Uh, to me, now to me. Uh-huh. To to me, you know, he, like you said, you know, he he does have um pretty good games, isn't that? But to me, like he just seems like he's that gonna be that player for this team that you know has good games, but like it's just like quiet too in a sense. I don't know if that makes any sense. It does, and I like it. I want someone like that. I want someone that we aren't consistently, consistently always giving a spotlight to because he's the one that's gonna have to get really down and dirty. Uh, in in some of these games, coming off the bench or starting, and and sometimes you know he's just gonna have to be quiet about it. And he it looks like he in in understands that this is his role, and he actually likes it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely agree. And it's it's gonna be fun and interesting to see him throughout this the course of the Abendura. So, obviously, his addition, and then. Obviously, the biggest one being Giovanni Santos, the two name, the, the two players that we've brought in. We haven't brought anyone else. Now, the players that have left, we know Odia Peralta has left. We know some of the youngsters have left on loan. A lot of the youngsters, you mean? A lot of the youngsters. Are, apparently, some of them still here in regards to uh, Ivan Moreno still being registered on there. But um, now we got to talk about potential leaves because there's only two names that have been surrounding. And one, of course, being Edson Alvarez. Potentially, almost, but most certainly, will be leaving America. Is it going to be for Ajax? Is it going to be for Wolverhampton? Um, I don't know, but the latest rumor says that it's an Alvarez is leaving for Ajax this week. And to be honest, I can see it happening. Yeah, I can too. And um, I don't know, like, it's just weird. Like, it just kind of came out of the blue all of a sudden because last week you're hearing, like, Wolverhampton's are in the race for Edson. And then all of a sudden you see yesterday, oh, Ajax has already signed them. And then you're hearing too yesterday, the Banos is like, we haven't had uh, a formal, uh, had a formal, formal offer. Awful, yeah. A formal offer, really. But it said that uh, um, Ajax approached uh, Medica formally. Right? It's or a mess. It's wrong. a hot mess right now. It, but it, re- it really is. Like the, the rumors are just everywhere. It just seems like. 
But I, I look, Edson's leaving. There's no, yes. there's no doubt about it. Edson's no leaving. He, uh, he's going on to the European, you know, side of side of football, and you know, we wish him the best of luck. We know that he's going to kill it. We, you know, this kid uh, has a great attitude, and 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 great to see him uh, flourish into the player that he's becoming. Still so young and still so much potential to grow and uh, to think what he's been for America in, in the past two seasons uh, and, and to think what he could potentially be for teams in the future. Uh, really, really exciting for Edson Alvarez, and hopefully he can continue to grow and develop. And if it's Ajax, then good. Go to Ajax, do what you have to do. Make people forget that there was ever a De Jong and, and make, them, make them know who Edson Alvarez is. And uh, if he goes to Wolves, then, you know, same thing goes for 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 that for that team, but Edson Alvarez is leaving. Simple as that. Um, if he doesn't leave, what do what, what do we do, Dylan? We use him like we've been doing. I, 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 think, <laughs> I think I think you just plug him right in that midfield with Gila, and we just we just call it a day like nothing happened. <laughs> like nothing happened. That would yeah. be look for for me. That'd be ideal, but look, that's just me because I prefer America to continue to be America and bolster their their um their winning potential. But you know how the world works, so he's potentially gonna be off this week. So he most likely will not feature against Monterrey. But with that said, now the other name that's rumored to be leaving is the other center mid partner, and that is Guido Rodriguez. How do we feel about that? Oh gosh, <laughs> I'm emotional right now. If, if this really goes through, but you know, I I think that's a dream of his too. I think it's like anybody's to play in Europe. But man, like this, uh, it's gonna be a big blow to this team. It really is because he's so pivotal to us in the midfield. Yeah, you can't you can't lose both of your center mids in one season. Um, if you can lose them one here and one there, that'd be more ideal. Obviously, you never want to lose players, but you can't lose them both at the same time. I think no, you a... you you really hurt your chances there, and you really hurt not only the structure of the team, the dynamic, the chemistry, but you just you you're shooting yourself in the foot. There's Basically, no way you're yeah. gonna replace them right away like that, you know. Especially with the way and and I put this in quotes, the way his team buying the team is buying players right now. Oh man. We're buying players like um like I buy well, Whataburger. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you actually buy Whataburger. We don't buy players. We uh yeah, that's true. God, I feel like America Manchester United are the same. We're buying players like I buy McDonald's, so I never do. Exactly. Just like that. Um, but, look, um, I don't think Guido leaves this season. If anything, maybe the January transfer window, but for sure the summer transfer window, there's no way that we keep him one more season if he continues to play the way he's been playing. He's uh, he's going to get more time with Argentina. He's going to get more call-ups. He's, if, if he can be a pivotal role in America's successful campaign, not only in the league, but in the Champions League, then you can definitely see that there's no way Guido stays, you know? Yeah, that, there's really not. And it sucks to say because, you know, he's become a favorite. But, you know, if the offer's there, I, I don't think the club the club's going to look past it. No, yeah, definitely. I don't think so either. Um, 
But, you know, he said he's been wanting to stay, that he doesn't want to leave. But we'll, uh, we'll see. You know, players often say things and then they end up going and doing the opposite thing, right? Mm-hmm. So we'll have to wait and see. But those are the two rumored to leave. Do we know who we have rumored coming in? Because by names, I think there's only maybe one that's been sounding, and that is Diego Reyes. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Which I, I'm another one of those people who said, look, bring him. I like him. Get him back to get, bring him home. Bring him home. But I know many of you guys are like, no, let's keep him as far away from the club as possible. Because let's be honest, if he comes back, he's going to probably play in that, that holding role, and God knows how he plays in the holding role. Who knows? <laughs> maybe some of that Gilo magic rubs off. Nah, dude, it's it's not there. Like I said, dude, I'd rather I think I'd rather have Oscar Jimenez play in that holding role than Diego. <laughs> Oscar Jimenez and Osmar Mares in goal. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> uh, look, I think he'd be a great addition. He adds more depth to this squad, more talent, um, experience. I think he's a good pickup if America can get him. If not, then. I, ideally, what would you say? I think um, I I think America needs at least at least one more player. No. Yeah, I think so. Because but... look, you have to admit, Edson's leaving. If Edson leaves, you know you're down a man. You need to replace him. You you need at least to bring one more player. So you don't. So you don't really think um, also could do that job. I don't want him to. I, I that's not well, what he was brought for. Well, I, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, like we we we've dis- we've discussed what his role would, would be for this upcoming season and everything. But like, you, you wouldn't think he would be given the chance at least, at least for like two, three games, maybe. Maybe for two, three games, but we need more talent, you know. Yeah. And and uh, look, I, agree. I, I don't necessarily mean that we need to bring in a midfielder. I think we need to bring in. Either a center back or a winger. One of those two. Well, yeah, but the, the the way you put it is that it seems like Edson's leaving. Like it seems like we need to bring another midfielder to play next to Guido. No, we and, need and... New, we need a a center back or a winger. That's what we need if Edson leaves. For well, me, I, I think we still need a winger no matter what. But yeah, I, I, yeah, we've been saying that for a while now too. I think America needs to bring in. Um, Needs to bring in one more player because Edson's leaving. You, you need to fill that with with another player coming in, whether that's Diego Reyes and he fits that center back role or that center defensive mid role, or you bring in maybe a player like I don't know. There's rumors that supposedly we wanted Hector Moreno, uh, but it looks like he's going to the MLS. Uh, we that we wanted Nestor Araujo, but again, one of those players that I don't see him coming back to Liga Mekis just yet. I. Uh, that's why I think Diego Reyes is a good pickup. Or if not, bring in a winger. Okay, so so let's say let's say Edson leaves. Who who starts for him? Mateus Uribe. In that spot, Mateus Uribe. Yeah, but you you wouldn't you wouldn't. Okay, this this just playing hypothetical. Like you know, I don't I don't really see it necessarily happening. You know, now that you mentioned that, but you you wouldn't try to want to see Mateus back in that camp spot. Who would you put back there? Cordova still. Would you, would oh, for the upcoming striker? game against Monterrey? I mean, like, no, 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 like, we're just, we're just talking hypothetically. No, in that camp spot, in that camp spot, hypothetically, it's Gio. 
It's Gio or Benedetti. Oh, duh. I don't know why I'm overthinking this. Never mind. I don't know where. I was like, why are you, why, why are you putting so Matos dumb. in the camp spot? I feel so dumb. I completely forgot. You completely forgot we oh, signed man. Giovanni Dos Santos. No, I've completely forgot about Benedetti. I know Christian's going to kill me now. <laughs> oh, so, man. I feel obviously, so dumb. People listening down there are like, well, what about Benedetti? Oops. My bad. Well, I really did exactly. forget. See? They're never going to take Cowboy Dan's word series anymore. No, they're not. Which, granted, maybe they shouldn't in the first place, right? No, they really shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, look, I think America brings in one more player, and we're we're good. I, I think we continue to have a solid squad. And that's kind of the, the, the overall on that, because there's really not much we can do, you know? Yeah, I mean... Really, I think I think you just put it straight, you know. And I I think I think the winger spots need to be been addressed for a while now, and it just really hasn't been still. But who knows? And then no. also, there's all there's all that drama with Independiente too that they haven't paid us the money for what was uh, Chino Romero and Cecilio Dominguez. Yep. Yep. So I mean, are we are we waiting for for them to give us their lunch money so we can go and buy ours? That's probably why we haven't. We're not being able to spend because we haven't got that money. <laughs> we really need that money, man. <laughs> oh, this is this is not that is not very Elmas Grande of America. If we're waiting on someone else to give us money, we should already have money. <laughs> I know, right? We should have some money. <laughs> oh man, but we'll have to wait and see. The transfer saga will continue. America has until the end of August to find a player. Correct. Yes. The August, August is the August, last day of the transfer window. Yes. August thirty first. Does August have thirty first days, or I mean thirty one days, or thirty? Damn it, Ivan! Why you do this? I don't know. Point is, last day of August, last day that America can make a signing. Uh, hopefully, it does not. It does not go all the way from over there, you know. But uh, we'll have to yeah. wait and see. So make sure you guys stay tuned to all our social media platforms where we guys keep you updated on all things America, all things throughout the whole transfer window, whether Edson will leave, whether or not he went to Ajax, whether or not Guido Rodriguez is staying, and if America ends up buying or selling any more players. You guys can always keep up to date in regards to that at Resaca America US or on our Instagram at Resaca America underscore US. We'll keep you guys posted on all things Las Aguilas in America in that department. I think uh, I, I think we got to talk now about this, uh, this season and, and what Piojo needs to do in order to call it successful. We already said America needs to come out as champions, but I think there needs to be more to that than just going and lifting up a trophy. I think America needs to look like title contenders off the bat. You just came off yeah. a winning game against Tigres. You need to go and, and, and reciprocate that against Monterrey, against your home crowd, and you need to start off and kick things and really showcase that you're serious about being a title contender. And I think and at this point in time, look, most of these players have been playing with each other for quite some time now. Under the same manager, under the same tactics, knowing exactly what they need to play at. So... I want to see an America that's more dominant. I want to see an America that knows what they're playing at. And I need to see an America that's more 
more well-rounded in all aspects of their game, not just attacking, not just defending, but every, a full 90 minutes for throughout the season. And, and, and with everything that I just said, is, is that too much to ask? I, I feel like when it comes to it, it, it is <laughs> to some extent because, I mean, we, like we've said it too, and it's a broken record, you know, we've seen this team and it's, their chances, the tech and third's just not consistent. And like we said, there's there's no there's no in between of thinking too much about it or not thinking at all about it. And that's the I just feel like that's the part that holds us back the most. Um, really, like you said, you know, a lot of these players have been playing together for a long time. There's really no shouldn't be any excuses at this point because Bielho's still there. You're still running the same system with him, the same tactics and everything. Um, and really, you come, you come. If you think about it, you come off winning up and through the uh, Copa Mekis, and then now the campeon, the campeon is all within a year, year's time since the first trophy. And so you you know what it takes to get there. You know what it takes to to be the be the team that you can be whenever uh, you want to, whenever you're playing as a team. And like I've always said it too, it's it starts with all 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 eleven players on the pitch, not just one individual player, really. Uh, everybody's got to show up and do their job and, you know, just be consistent for the whole game. And that that's one thing, too, that we've always pointed out is we never really found consistency for a full 90 minutes. And, yeah, we know how hard that can be. You're not you're not necessarily going to be consistent for the whole time. But, you know, we need to get to the point where we're getting better at it, you know? Yeah, and I think this has to be the season. Like you, like we keep mentioning, they, these are players that know what it is to win, what it takes to win. So I'd hope that this season there really isn't any hiccups that they're a much well-rounded side and that they continue to dominate the way that they've been dominating in, in, in seasons of past, you know, obviously try to stay away from injuries as much as you can. And this is a really, really dominant force to be reckoned with. Yeah, it, it really is too. And, um, when, when you look at it too, you know, especially whenever you talk about some of the players and I think, one one to point out that you can still talk about and point out a point out is uh, Mateus Oliva still, you know, obviously it's 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 old still, but you know goes to the World Cup in good form, comes back and it's like he was never himself again, and you know it it just it makes you wonder too, like if he's ever going to get back to that really. What did Putin do to you, Mateus Oliva? What did Putin do to you? Hopefully he's back in. Uh... Because, yeah, he's going to be an important player this season. No doubt yeah. about it. Yeah. So, hopefully he can step up to the plate and make a real name for himself, you know? Yeah, and, and he needs to, too. He really does. He definitely, definitely needs to do. And uh, where do you see where do you see America finishing this season in the Apertura, in the table? Give me top four. Top um, four? Come on. Yeah. Top four. I'm, I'm going to be a little bit more bold. I'm going to say top two. That's understandable, though. I'm saying, look, America finishes second spot. Maybe we have, you know, a bit of things not go our way here and there, but we stay consistent enough and we're top two. You know? That's, that's, just, that's just my problem still, you know? I mean, just the, just the goal scoring in the final third, you know? That that's just my only concern. That's why I take top four. I think okay. everything else. I think everything else is there. Um, and like 
and it God, like I hope we don't just do the same same old same old, you know, just go with Renato the right hand side, put in a cross whenever we know it's not gonna be a good cross. No, I, I think the introduction of Gio or Benedetti in that midfield spot maybe creates uh something more for yeah, America and, to and, utilize. And, and and still like, even even with Benedetti and the games that he got to play too last season, you know, you, you saw I think you saw a bit more from this team. And it was a bit more creative and you know we scored quite a bit of goals with him in that in that camp spot. And we need something more like that throughout this whole season. So hopefully him and Gio can stay consistent and injury free, you know, knock on wood here. That yeah. uh, that that all our players are consistent and healthy throughout this season. It should be an interesting one. It should be a fun one nonetheless. Um so you see America finishing top four. I see him finishing top two, so we're kind of in the same boat there. How far do you see them get, getting through this Ligia? Well, obviously, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd won another championship, obviously. But, but being objective and, and knowing yeah, the squad that's, that we that's, have. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, obviously, you know, everybody wants that. Everybody everybody wants to uh, lift up that 14th title, too. Um, it's just, you know, it's. To me, it's kind of hard to say right now. And I want to say they get to the final, but I wouldn't know if they lift it or not, to be honest. And I was going to say the same thing. I think America gets to the final, and depending on whether or not we have a team identity and a good tactical kind of approach to each game, and how well and how consistent our forwards are, I think that determines whether or not we win that final. But and I'm being trying and, and, and I'm not trying to be biased here, and I'm not trying to say that you know my colors are showing. But I'm looking at the league around, and I'm looking at the players that we have. I'm looking at some of the teams around us that are you know title contenders, quote unquote. And I, I think we have just a little bit. On them in regards to team chemistry and, and, and to talent, uh, you know maybe we're missing one or two players, but maybe that could be addressed, you know, throughout the transfer window stills. And who knows, maybe one of these youngsters comes in and and you know does a, a line situation or adds a situation. But and and, and and you know at the end of the day, I, I think America can make it into the final, and I, I think it's gonna be whether or not America got to that final on good merit or if it was out of, you know, luck or because of positioning that will determine whether or not America wins this final or not. And and I think too, what kind of makes it hard to say is, you know, a lot of the players obviously had, had a, a um, national commitments, you know, obviously Copa America uh, gold cup was going on. And so you saw some players go with the national, the represent the national team and, you know, they didn't necessarily get a, a full preseason with this team. Obviously, you saw a lot of youngsters um, play in the first three. And then the campeon, campeones came. You saw some of the normal starters back. Obviously, you're still missing a few. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, I think that, I think on, on paper, this team should be competing for the title uh, tournament in, tournament out, either way. But, you know, you, you still haven't yet to see – this full team, I, I guess to an extent at full strength, because obviously you didn't have uh, Guido Rodriguez. You didn't have the likes of uh, Nicolas Benedetti starting either. Um, 
obviously Etsy's not um, probably going to be out the window, like we've already said. So really, the way this team played was good, but that to some extent, it still wasn't at its full strength. And then two, I, I think I think what has a lot to do with this is some of these players, you know, especially some of that went to Copa America, you know, they didn't do a whole lot with their national teams. Yeah. So we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, uh, it's it, because the, the way I see it, I mean, like I said too, and it's not it's me being objective and everything. I I'm pretty. I, I think this team could get to the final. Do I see them lifting lifting the trophy or not? You know, it's it's up in the air for me. But you, you still you still got some key pieces that didn't play, and you you don't know how they'll come out week one or anything. That's true. That is very very true. So we'll have to wait and see. But um, I think. Our prediction is America makes it to the final. It's up in the air after that, whether or not America lifts that 14th trophy or not. But I think we have enough to make it to the final. I think it's expected that we make it to that final. And anything less of that will be considered a failure. Correct? Correct. Correct. So the standards are high, and we already know why they're high. Because America is and continues to be, as everyone's been saying it, el más grande. So, America for the 14th title, we don't know. It's in their hands, but that they can make it to the final, that they'll make it to the final, that is what we're predicting here. So, anything else you want to add on into this Apertura preview, Dylan? No, I, I think we pretty much covered it. I'm pretty excited for the season, too, um, especially for some a couple players, too, that um, one of them I mentioned – Especially Nicolas Benedetti, you know, obviously didn't get the season that he wanted to necessarily, but still just the time that we got to see him, we saw what he can do, and I'm really excited for him come this season. Yeah, definitely. Him, I think I'm excited to see whether or not Gio gets his life together uh, because if Gio can get his life together, then maybe I can get mine too. Um, so we'll have to <laughs> wait and see. And then, you know, I'm excited for Cordova too, unlike you. I, I'm not. I'm not I, the kid has not done enough to – make me excited about him but hey he can come off the bench in this season and make me completely uh change my mind so that's what i'm here for right now i i want to be at the end of six months from down the road come back on the podcast and be like thank, thank you cordoba for making me look like a fool you know have i made but, you look like a fool yet uh you know there's been times good that's, but that's it's what I it's hear. it's only because your wi-fi goes and and comes <laughs> all righty well that is the preview for the upcoming apertura let us know where you guys think america is going to finish in the chat or on twitter or instagram let us know where do you guys see this america side are you guys content with this america side and what does america need to do to not only lift that 14th title but to continuously grow and continuously be a dominant force in liga mekis i've said it time and time again dylan this america side could be in the record books as one of the most winning side in all of not just Liga Mekis history, but football history as well. The same way that Ferguson had that dominant era with Manchester United is the same way I can see Piojo having a very, very dominant decade with Las Aguilas del America if things can go well. All right, Ivan, you need to, you need to uh, stop living in the past with the Ferguson. Nope, I'm living in the future with Piojo. <laughs> oh man all righty well piojo shout out to you if you listen to the podcast uh which we already said you do because you obviously take 
all of our advice and flip it on its head just to make us a little bit more mad. Uh, so that is your Apertura 2019 preview. Hopefully you guys uh, can concur to some of the things that we had to say. If not, again, we're always open for a discussion and let us know what your guys' thoughts are in regards to the season up ahead for Las Aguilas in America. Now, Dylan, we're going to shift and preview another Apertura, but this one is from the ladies' side of things. So our hashtag Lady Aguilas will be making their debut next week as well as the men's as they will be going up against who, Dylan, in their opening match? Puebla. They'll be going up against Puebla. The mighty Puebla ladies are going to be going up against uh, our own ladies. That's an away game, correct? Or is no, it a home I believe game? It, I believe it's going to be in Coapa. It's going to be in Coapa? Man, the ladies really need to get yes. into the Azteca. Why don't they yeah, make the men's play in Coapa? I don't know. You know? Probably because Televisa. Probably. Probably. But uh, no, in, in all serious notes, um, really excited for the for the ladies' season to, to come. Uh, I think some of the ladies are really excited themselves on social media. They've really been very active um, expressing themselves on, on how excited they are for the new season, how determined and focused that they are. And... Um, What's your what's what's your take on the ladies right now, Dylan? Um Well, I've been as you know, I'm still cooking up my preview. Should have that out tomorrow, but obviously we're previewing here now. Um a lot of a lot of key players obviously leaving this team. Um there's some players that did come in that are pretty excited for, but if you look at the overhaul of this, it seems like Goyard is looking to shift more defensively, really. I mean, you look at the ten signings that this team made at believe when I was counting them, I think six of the 10 were, def- were uh, defensive minded, whether it be like in the holding role or, or, or central defender. Um, really, it's going to be a lot. Obviously you have the key players leaving such as uh, uh, Santiago going to PSV to play for the women's side, a young, uh, the 24 year old uh, making the leap to Europe and good for her, a very deserved, a deserving move. Um, one of the other players, the key attacking players with is Cassandra Cuevas, obviously going to, Cho- um, to Cholas. Uh, this past this past couple weeks, making the move. Um, there's other couple players too that left, but other than that, you know, I there's there are some players, you know, I think the that uh that they brought in that can make a difference with this team whenever it comes to being defensive. Um, I think they brought in about one or two strikers. I do believe. I think at most two. Uh, but I think a lot of it is going to be going back to Lucero Cuevas now. As they move forward, uh, Cuevas obviously you remember in the first two seasons of uh, Liga Mekis Femenil, uh, top leading goal square and in both the up and through and plus. So, um, I think these ladies are coming out hungry, I think they're ready for another season, yeah. And and obviously, with all these departures and, and, and all these kind of names coming in as well, uh, it opens up the window to some of these ladies that we've kind of had an eye on from the beginning of, of, of one of their you know their careers in, in Liga Mekis right. Femenil. Um, and and a perfect example is is in goal. You know who's going to be our goalkeeper. Um, you know there's a lot of questions as to whether or not it's if they're going to respect kind of the autonomy of how things have been working with America and give JD the the number one spot, uh, which is something that I would hope so. Uh, I think that's there's been games in which she's subbed in for you know Cecilia that it's really showcased how much talent she's had, and not just that, but you know to go and have the World Cup that she did. In, uh, in in the sub 17, I think 
mm. that was uh, phenomenal. And look, you know, JD's uh, JD, someone that we've we we highly rate here on the podcast, um, and I think that's someone that we we. I think we wouldn't mind seeing her take the number one spot and, and we'd be more than okay with her taking that mantle, especially at, and it's a, it's big shoes to fill. Don't, don't get me wrong, you know, to, to fill in who used to be the, not only the captain of this side, but a pivotal player in, in America's winning, uh, in, in America's winning season against uh, Tigres and, and that campaign and all that stuff. So to come in and try to fill in those shoes is not easy, but I think, JD can definitely take up the mantle with no problem and 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 be the number one keeper with with no questions asked. Right, I definitely agree too. I, I like you said, you know, we rate JD high, and I was I was doing my research. I can't remember how many games she has played in off the top of my head, but I know she started a few games and she's yet to let in a goal really in in her career so far. But I know right now, whenever they went to Chicago for their preseason, JD started one game, and the new goalkeeper that they signed who's coming from a, a college here in the States. And I think she's one of those players that's Mexican-American nationality. So we, uh, she's coming on the squad, and she started another game too. So I think the battle is really between those two players right now, and it'd be interesting to see who starts in net come Monday. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested to see who, who starts as well. Um, look, fingers crossed JD, because I think uh, uh, we've just had uh, you know, we, we've kind of followed her trajectory, you know, uh, throughout all of this. And, you know, um, my cousin actually went to school with her. So there's kind of that connection. Um, but uh, it's, it's she's look, she's definitely someone that can come in uh, and could be potentially the next keeper to go to the to, to Europe, you know? Yeah, definitely, too. And another thing, too, that, that's going to be interesting to see is this back line, too, now that Diaz is gone from the squad. Yeah, that's that's gonna be huge in in regards to what the ladies do, and who steps up in 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 that department as well. Yeah, that that's one of the what's one of the answers that I guess we'll find out whenever it comes Monday and throughout the season too. Um, which is which is frustrating too is like I told you and Christian, you know, off the pod is as to my understanding and looking at the website too. Um, she's currently not registered anywhere. She's not playing anywhere for this season, which is frustrating because she gets to be playing with the Medica right now. And, you know, just doing some research, you know, I've just uh, interviews with her. She was, she was felt the color. She was ready to play. And then just for her to just gone. And I believe after, after their loss in the plus suit against Tigres, it was like eight days after she already left the team. That was a, it was a real fast move real quick and everything. So, this kind of makes me wonder what's going down there too a little bit after after I know with Quayard having some issues with the national team too and is he bringing some of that with him? That is something we're going to discuss about real quickly. But then I, I just want to shift here to the midfield. Um, I think you you got to look at players like Diana Gonzalez, like mm-hmm. um, coming off injury too. I think she is. yeah yeah coming off injury like you know like uh, might have mm-hmm. and then of course. I think the biggest name that America has besides Lucero Cuevas right now is, you know, Vivian Michel, um, who, by the way, is yeah. a tremendous person. Uh, shout out to you, Vivian, uh, Viviana. If if you're listening, I, I don't know why you would. I don't think you, you, you would listen to us. Uh, but if you do, uh, shout out uh, a tremendous person, a tremendous professional. Uh, got to see her and hear a little bit from her at the uh, Club America uh home kit launch here in LA she was there with some of the players and um you know spoke a little bit to to the public and 
really a, a great professional and a great person. Uh, and best of luck to her. I know she's coming off an injury as well. So uh, really, really excited uh, to see what she's capable of doing, whether or not she can kind of, you know, be kind of a, a very important piece of uh, of of a player in in a side that really is going to need creativity, really is going to need a player to step up in key moments of the match. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with you. I mean, it, it just it's just like I said, it'll be interesting because you know you've seen a lot of defensive minded players coming, and it's just be interesting to see how Koyada takes his side come Monday and throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely. And then, of course, up top, uh, Daniela Espinosa, another player that really needs to step up, especially since she sports that number 10. Mm-hmm. Really, really needed to step up. Um, yeah. She has it. She has it in her. Just need her to be more consistent. And, um, of course, Lucero Cuevas, obviously. Going to be the big uh, target person going to be the person in charge of netting in most of the goals for America. And, mm-hmm. you know, can she continue to be the player that she has been for us these past seasons? You know, that's the question at hand. And I think and she's more than capable of doing it. I, I think so, too. But then in the few times you, you've got to see this side on TV, it's, sometimes it just seems like she's the only player that's going to stay up top. And, you, you know, you remember, too, they've just thrown a few long balls to her. And all of a sudden there's like, two players around her and she she's kind of struggling to figure out what to do with the ball because she's trying to get by two players and she doesn't really have that support. Yeah. And now leads me on to the next kind of part of our preview here of the ladies is what about this coach that we have? What about, you, you know, is he the right man to take these ladies this season? Now, Dylan, you've been doing your research. You've been talking off camera. There's a bit of stipulation going on around that the locker room is not 100% on board with the coach. We're not always 100% on board with his tactics. He seems like one of those players, one of those coaches that likes to fall back and, and play it safe. There's games in which, you know, last season he was very closed-minded, had an early lead, and just decided to fall back and close it out early in the game. I know you have a lot of, you know, opinions about, you know, Cuellar. What is your ultimate take on this? And how do you see him this season in in charge of the ladies? Well, I know, especially after Cassandra left, after Diaz left, and I know a lot of the fans weren't very happy, and obviously I was not very happy with that because how do you, how do you let your your best defender leave? You know, and especially like I said, like it was real quick, eight days after your loss against Tigres in the semifinals in Clausura, then all of a sudden, you know, what what turns what comes out to be one of your best players uh, compared to probably Lucero at most, Cassandra leaving. You know, fans are not happy, and I know in the past too. I mean, like because Cuellar started started the national team, the women's national team pretty much from the ground up back in uh, 98. And so then, you know, things go on, you know, things are looking good and everything. All of a sudden you you just, the locker room with the, with the, the national team wasn't looking very good. A lot of people, a lot of the ladies were asking for a change this and that. And they looked like they were taking steps back instead of taking steps forward. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of the fans, you know, just tweeting at, uh, tweeting at the, the official, 
uh, America Feminil account saying, oh, he's, he's a cancer to the locker room, this and that. And fans are asking, like, how could you let your one of your best players leave? And it's 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 really hard. Like, you know, like the club let these players walk. And, you know, it just it just makes you wonder, does Declare have a hand in this? You know, what's really going on in the locker room? Is, is Could it be that again? And I, I just I just don't f- I feel like a lot of the fans just aren't happy right now with, with this club and the players that they let walk. And obviously, hearing from me, too, like, I'm not because Gueva's, like, was one of your best players. Diaz, too, in that back line, like I've stated. Um just it's, it'd be interesting to see how this how this season plays out, especially now that they moved away from groups, where this team will will end up on the on the table too, and how he can get this side rolling um, with what he's got. I feel like he can get something going. Um, obviously, like you said too, there was sometimes you know we didn't really agree with his tactics and things just didn't seem like necessarily a hundred percent time to go right for the side. But I, it's just up in the air for me right now. Okay, and then that's understandable. That's understandable. I'm, I'm the same way. I mean, I want to because... give him the benefit of the doubt. I really do. I really do because look, he brought home a title. He's title, done yeah, so much exactly, for the ladies' exactly. game. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. But at the end of the day, if he's not producing results, if at the end of the day the ladies are not where the ladies are supposed to be, because look, regardless of how new this league is, regardless of how new this kind of division is for women's. Look, your name is still America. You carry the same colors. You carry the same badge. You carry the same crest. So you carry the same weight and the same responsibility and history that the men's do. So, therefore, naturally, you need to be in the top spots. You need to be contending for the title year in and year out. And, look, if America is in sixth, seventh place halfway through the season, you need to get rid of him. You gave him enough time. You saw this kind of going on the decline after the winning season they've had. You just you need to you need to stop it before it spreads even further. If the case is that it is the coach in this in in regards to this, because let's face it, players and talent we have. There's no doubt about it. There's there's no doubt that America has some very talented ladies. I just think that are they being utilized in the right in the right way? You know, are they being played in the positions that are best attributed to 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 their success? You know. Again, that's on the coach right there. So I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, and I want to see where he can take this side. But at the end of the day, if the results aren't in, I think America really needs to look at this and say, look, maybe it's time to to, to switch things up a bit. And, you know, Cuellar is a tough coach too. I mean, I know there was a couple times after some of the games, you know, he said he wasn't happy for the performance. And even if they did get the three points, you know, he just wasn't happy with none of the performances. And yeah. And to me, whenever I hear that, I could just kind of see that going one way or another, you know, Definitely. How, how how he handles it and everything. But, you know, it's right, right now, you know, like you said, you know, he, he did bring home a title, you know, we're happy for that. But, you know, at, especially the way they started the Clausura was kind of worrisome. But yeah. then obviously I picked it up. Obviously made it to the semifinals, but she got smeared with, against Tigres. But... That's, that's yeah. a different story. That is that is a different story. But with that said, where do you see these ladies finishing at the end of the regular season? What what spot? I want to give them. I want to say top four again with the with these ladies. You know, I'm going right on board with you on that one. I'm saying top four as well. 
I see them. I see a bit of struggle throughout the season. I see a bit of hiccups here and there. You know, whether or not the whole Coyar situation gets fixed or not, you know, I could see them being fourth, maybe, maybe pushing for third, but definitely fourth. I mean, because like I said too, like you're you're playing um, in a full table now. Like it's not split in the groups. Like, and you know, especially whenever America was in that first group, I think the teams that were really competing were um, Pachuca. Uh, and Toluca, maybe I think, and maybe Pumas too. The ladies side, and then you look at the other table. Like that's whenever you got Tigres, you got Monterrey in there too, and uh, and other teams you've never seen, especially like Chivas. You know, this is going to be the first season we have a Clásico Nacional uh, uh, against these two teams, and you're seeing those teams now this season. So that that's what that's what that's yeah. what you got to watch out for too. This is going to be so good. I can't wait for America Chivas in in the ladies side of things. Mm-hmm. And especially to those the two new teams you got you got Juarez and uh, San Luis too. Yep, definitely, definitely, definitely should be interesting to see how things end up on the lady side of things. So we predict that they make the Liga. How far do they get, and where do you see the lady season ending? I think you look you. I wouldn't say necessarily. This, I guess in a, in a sense it's kind of the same way you see it as the men's side on paper. You know this, this team's talented. This team has has the players to to really go forward and make a, I think make a title push. But you know this um, this Cuellar to do the same thing. You know does he get a goal? They kind of like sit back and and try to end it early and defend it. You know that's something we'll have to wait and see. Especially since they had their bye week this week and now you know they play a full season coming up. But um, I want to say the same thing I say. They get to the final, but do they lift it? I think that's up in the air. Okay, bold, bold. I'm saying semifinal. That's that's as far as they make it again. That's understandable too. Semifinal. Yeah, you know, it. Of course, I, I want to see the ladies lift the trophy. Of course, I want to see them succeed and thrive and continue the you know the trend of America being the biggest team in Mexico and especially in the in 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 the women's side of things. But mm-hmm. I just I. I don't have much faith in the tactics to see them go as far. And, um, you know, hopefully I'm wrong. I'm, hopefully I'm proven wrong. And they're lifting their second trophy at the end of the season. Yeah, we'll we'll see, we'll see Monday. I I, I want to say, don't mark my words, I want to say this, this is the one game that's going to get televised in the States. I hope so. I hope so, because if that's the case, then you guys know where to catch us and where to catch all the live tweets and all the live updates in that match on the Rsac America US Twitter handle. And uh, if that's the case, we'll we'll have you guys updated with all things Ladies Aguilas. And as always, Dylan, who are they playing again? They're going to play Puebla. There you guys have it, Puebla. There you guys have it. So on Monday morning, when you guys go off early into work, make sure you guys go onto Twitter and do the hashtag Lady Aguilas. Let them know that we're behind them 100% of the way. And hopefully this Monday, we can be talking about three great points to start off the season with the lady side of things. Dylan, anything else you want to talk about in regards to ladies, or shall we move on into our last segment of the podcast? No, we can move on. I think we covered everything. Alrighty, we know, we know it's getting a little bit long. It's, we're stretching this out a little bit more. But look, hey, America went to penalties against Tigres, so we're taking this a little bit to extra time in regards to this podcast episode. So we're going to the last, last segment of today's show. That is America versus Monterrey. America kicks things off 
The Liga MX is back and the Apertura is ready to go back to our screens, back to our homes. America will be going off against Monterrey de Estadio Azteca at everyone's favorite time, 5 p.m. Pacific time, 7 central and 9 eastern. Is that your favorite time, Dylan? That is my favorite time because I get to watch one half before I go to the bar and the other half at the bar. <laughs> People are going to start saying that you're an alcoholic. There ain't nothing else to do in this small town. <laughs> uh no actually cowboy dan is uh actually the face of the bar which is why he has to go to the bar so he's kind of you know an all in all a, f- a famous person out there you know everyone wants a picture with the famous cowboy dan i mean you're not wrong exactly well, I'll hey. think, uh, yeah yeah you're right See, there you guys have it. So, America will be going off in the Estadio against Monterrey. And not an easy game to start things off with. Monterrey, very talented side. Monterrey, a very good side. Whether they'll have it 100% ready for the first game of the season, that's still up in the air. But in regards to America, do we have what it takes to come out and win this first game against our home crowd? Yes. On paper, we do, yes. Now, question is, can we shift that from paper and move it onto the pitch where it matters the most? That is the real question at hand. We just came off a win against Tigres. Yes, it was in penalties. Granted, we should have scored some goals and maybe not taken it all the way to penalties. But again, emotions running high. I think morale is up in the air. The players should be back in Mexico already. Uh, they actually already uh, training wise. I believe that they'll start training uh, later on this week and get things going, ready to kick things off against Monterrey. Now, Dylan, how confident are you coming into this game against Monterrey? Do you feel like America has what it takes? Do you think they're going to let us down? What do you think is going to happen on the pitch? And what do you think is going to happen overall in regards to this team in the whole, in, in the beginning opening match of the season? I feel like this team is going to have chances, but just won't finish them. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> a repeat of... of the past two years is what you're saying. Yes, basically. Well, uh, no, I mean, I, I just don't want it to be like all free kicks or, or set pieces again. You know, it just seems like Bruno Valdez is just there to, like, save our butts again. And, you you want mean, open like, play goals. Yeah, like, I want open play goals. Like, don't I mean, like, it sounds like I'm complaining. And, like, I, I guess in a way I am. But, like, at the same time, there's no reason to complain because, hey, like, he pretty kind of did save our butts a couple of times and got us – valuable points whenever we needed them but you know I, I just feel like if when you like you say like you insert Benedetti into this into this game if, if he's available and ready for this game then I think you know we see more open play goals than anything definitely definitely Alrighty then so what is your uh what is your lineup for uh for Saturday my lineup I think it's gonna be something pretty similar to what we saw against uh this last match against Didis, um, obviously much the scene in goal. Um, I think we stick with the same back line, uh, Aguilar, Valdez, uh, Aguilera, and Sanchez. Um, g- put Gimme Guido and Mateus Uribe, uh, Renato on the right, Ibarguen on the left. Um, if Benedetti's ready, put Gimme Benedetti, and then I think Henry Martin goes back up top. Interesting. Interesting. You have Henry starting. Yes, I do. Okay. Now, if Benedetti isn't, 
100% ready to go. Who do you put there? You give me Cordova back so he can prove you wrong. <laughs> I knew it. Uh, actually, I think I think Cordova starts his game also. Uh, I just would make the switch of Henry for Nico Castillo. I think that's the switch that we're going to see. I mean, like I, I guess in a way I see that too, but he didn't really have a full preseason, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't get a start. That's why I said Henry because Henry had a full preseason. Okay. Okay. Well, is that a strong lineup? Do you think that's more than enough to go head-on-head head against Monterrey? I don't see why not. Right? I, mean, I, I, I think, like, I think I mean, talent-wise, America has enough in that department to go out and prove and showcase and, and have a good game, right? Exactly. But I think, like we've said, too, you know, can, can they take what, what, what's on paper and really produce and give us, what, and give us the game that they, that they can give us, like they know they can? And the game that we need to see from them yeah. is a consistent one. It's one that we're at home, so there is no reason why we should be giving the ball to the opponent. We know we like to play with the ball. We know we can keep the ball. And look, our players can pass. Our players can have good ball movement when they're on, on it, when they want to switch it on. So this is a yeah. game in which I need to see that happen. Yes, I get it. Look, it's early in the season. It's still maybe a preseason type of game because you're not 100% there yet. There's no way that, you know, you you think that any of all these players are 100% ready. But, you know, I want to see a very good first opening game. And, and that, I think, yeah. means having good ball movement, having good ball possession, and taking your chances when, when, when presented. And, you know, yes, there might be points in time where it gets scrappy. Yes, there might be points in time where it gets a bit slow and a bit kind of, you know, stalemate in, in regards to the midfield battle. But I think America can consistently have one up on Monterrey if they can continue to do what they've been doing all season long in 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 the past season, and that is continuously play off each other and make good runs, good plays, and good decisions up top, which I know has not been one of the things they've been doing, but they've done it, you know, from here time time uh, from time to time. But I, I think just be more consistent in your play, be as dominant as you can, take it to Monterrey and, um, and, and really don't fall back and sit back. And especially if you get an early goal, I think continue to go and continue to push your game. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think so. I think, I think too, this would probably be a physical match, especially if you look at the one back in the class. I think I, I think it is one of those games where it's going to be very physical and you need to go at it. Um, the midfield battle is going to be very important, but I think once you put and plug in Aguido Rodriguez there, I think it gives you more more of a confidence. And really, I, I think the key player for this game is going to be Mateo Soribe. Yeah. Uh, you know, I really – I'd like to pick out key players too, but again, like, you know, this it's the first game back. You know, you're in your home stadium and you want to start out with a bang, but I, re I really think this falls on all 11 players on the pitch, not just really one. Okay. Like, I, I, like, 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 especially early, like the start of the season, really. I, I, I just don't want to pinpoint nobody because I want this whole team to come out and be good. So, um, I, I just, I just, I can't, I can't pinpoint nobody right now. Understand Understandable overall. So, um, I think at the end of the day, we want to see a consistent 11. We want to see a consistent team and we just want to see some goals. And with that said, what is your predicted uh, scoreline for uh, for Saturday? 
I'll go with my classic 2-1 win. Classic 2-1 win for America. You know what? I'll back you up, and I'll say 2-0. Oh, 2-0 America. I'm going, I'm hope I need them to get a clean sheet. I really, really need them to get a clean sheet. How many times did we need them to get a clean sheet last last uh, last class then? <laughs> <laughs> we, we we got it all right. <laughs> That's true. Oh, oh yeah. Man, but... So that is the predicted scoreline for us. Let us know what you guys think in the chat. Let us know what you guys think uh on Twitter, on Instagram. Let us know. And uh, hopefully America can come out on top and get all three points to kick things off in the right direction, this Apertura. Dylan, anything else you want to discuss about this game? No, but I'm sorry I forgot Benedetti earlier in the episode. <laughs> I didn't forget him this time. <laughs> there you go. You did not. I was, I, was, I was overthinking that so much, but oh well. There you go. Um, most likely you will not see Giovanni De Santos on the bench. Uh, Bill Horner, I think he says that if anything, he'll feature in the second jornada. And uh, in regards to Benedetti, we still don't know whether or not he's going to make it to the bench. Uh, but if he does, I think he'd be very pivotal to bring on, on in the second half, you know? Yeah, he, he will, definitely. But we'll see. We'll have to wait and see. Definitely. And you guys can catch that game live at 5 p.m. Pacific time, 7 Central, 8 Eastern on Univision Deportes. And if for whatever reason you're going to be out doing the cha-cha dance and you will not be watching the game live, you guys can follow that on the dance floor, on your phones, on Twitter, at Resaca America US. And uh, you guys will uh, you know, be up to date in regards to that. We'll post out uh, who's going to be tweeting out that day and uh, should be fun should be interesting and we'll have you guys covered on all aspects throughout the season we're very excited as always to be covering america again this apertura covering them here for you guys in english uh on the resaca america network now we are now not only the eagle eye podcast but we're now also the official english language account of la resaca americanista so we are excited to bring you guys the best and utmost coverage of las aguilas del america big things coming your way not just in regards to the podcast but to all things in regards to social media into the way we interact with you guys and the way you guys see and experience the show and even more content even more stuff being your guys's way in the english language community and hopefully you guys do enjoy what we have planned for you guys big things coming and big plans for all who have followed us and who have supported us and who continue to grow with us along the way so thank you so much for your guys's continued support thank you to la resaca americanista for hosting us in the resaca america network here on youtube and thank you to all of you who come out week in and week out and not just that, but to you guys who listen to the podcast week in and week out, we thank you guys so much, so, so much. Dylan, anything else you want to say before we uh, skedaddle? No, just thank you all for the support and everything, and we hope uh, you enjoyed what we got in store for this upcoming season, and uh, just stick around and enjoy it. And sorry we didn't have trivia today. Obviously, Christian with his power adage, but tri- trivia was planned. Trivia was planned. Uh, the question was, when was the last time – uh, Cowboy Dan did a yeehaw on stage. Uh, don't know what the answer was going to be for that, but uh, I guess uh, I guess we'll never know. What are we doing? Yeah, we'll we'll never know because I'm not going to spill the answer right now. 
<laughs> Alrighty then, thank you guys. Have yourselves a wonderful, wonderful night. Sorry for keeping you guys a little bit over time here, uh, but we had plenty and plenty to talk about. So hopefully you guys did enjoy this episode, and hopefully you guys can concur to some of the things that we had to say. So in regards to all things America, make sure you guys do follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Resac America US and at Resac America underscore US. We'll have you guys covered with all things in regards to that aspect. The podcast will be coming back next week. And uh, keep your eyes out because maybe we might have a little bit of a makeover and a redo as to how things will be presented on here. So hopefully you guys are excited. And uh, without further ado, I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful night. We'll see you guys on Saturday. We'll be talking to you guys throughout the week. Let's go. Hashtag Lady Aguilas. Let's go America this Saturday. And hopefully we'll have plenty of good things to talk about next week on the podcast. All right. We'll see you guys very, very soon. And as always, take care. Until next time. Arriba la America.